Today's reading is John fourteen fifteen to 24. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I leave, you also will leave. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keep them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sends me. This is the word of the Lord. Trinity Sunday is not about some kind of weird mass that only really clever people understand. That's why we watched the video earlier about God's big plan for everything and for salvation and how all three members of the Trinity are involved in that. Trinity Sunday then is about God, about who God is in his being, in himself. Because the real God is Trinity. The real God makes his home with his people. And so his people will love him and live for him in response. Let's look at those three. We'll look at the first now. The real God is Trinity. That's what John chapter 14 teaches. And it's not a natural thing for Jews like John and the other disciples to believe. Because the Old Testament is really, really clear. There is only one God, unique. The only true God. And yet, when they met Jesus, when they saw him in action when they heard him teach they began to realize that wonder of wonders god had shrunk himself down and become one of us he became flesh and made his dwelling among us that's how john chapter one puts it and yet jesus this god man still prayed to the father it blew their minds but they started to realize that the one God is Father and Son. Uh, just earlier, before the bit we read, uh, Philip uh, says to Jesus, show us the Father. And Jesus replies, verse 9, don't you know me? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. There is only one God, yet God is not a singularity. He's not a lonely God. He is Father and Son and just as Jesus is preparing to be crucified, he prepares his disciples and he promises them, verse 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. And this is one of the places where knowing a bit of Greek actually helps to sort of fill out the understanding because in, the word, in Greek there are two words for another. One means any old other. And the other means uh, what this one means, another of the same kind. 
Jesus is saying, he, the Son of God, will ask the Father for another of the same kind, the Spirit. And you see what that means about the Holy Spirit? He is just like Jesus. He is God, just like Jesus. He's personal, just like Jesus. Which is why Jesus can promise, verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Now there are hints of the Trinity in the Old Testament, but through Jesus it becomes clear that the real God is Father and Son and Holy Spirit. It's what the Bible refers to when it says that God is love, because for all eternity, God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit have loved one another in a relationship that's the closest possible relationship. We'll see that in a minute. That God in his very being is love. It's so wonderful. And no other religion or philosophy understands that about God. So for example, according to the Quran, Allah or God is loving. But the Quran is very insistent that Allah is singular and not a trinity. That creates a problem for Islamic theology. Who or what does Allah love? Especially at the beginning, before people existed. Why would a singular God create people? Surely it would be to fill a void, wouldn't it? To meet a need. To not feel lonely in his singleness anymore. Do you see the contrast? When the Bible teaches that God is love... Father, Son and Holy Spirit eternally loving one another. He creates out of the overflow of that love. And you and I are created as his friends and invited to become his family. The real God is Trinity. And even more amazingly, the real God makes his home with his people. Do you see what Jesus promises his disciples in verse 17? The Spirit lives with you and will be in you. We've already seen verse 18. I will come to you. And then verse 23. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Isn't that astonishing? We're talking about God, the Holy Trinity, coming to live in you and in me. Father and Son, as well as Holy Spirit. Verse 20 again. On that day, which day? The day he's speaking about is the day that he'll send the Holy Spirit, uh, the day of Pentecost as we know it. On that day, you will realise that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. And verse, verse 20 is really worth dwelling on. And to, to, to try and think, you know, could I, can I picture that? Uh, could, could I draw that? Uh, I, I don't think it's easy to draw. And I, I think this is the point. It's supposed to stretch us. It's supposed to stretch our understanding. Uh, it's talking about something that's referred to as mutual indwelling. Where the relationship between the, the Trinity, the members of the Trinity, is being described. And it is so close. That they live in one another. They dwell in one another. It's a clue to how uh, God can be one God. And at the same time 
three persons. The marvel of it, that God should, that God should include you and should include me in that relationship. That's what verse 21, sorry, verse 20 is talking about. It's promising that actually we are included. We're in Jesus and Jesus is in us and the Spirit is in us. And when the Spirit comes, verse 23, actually the Father comes too and Jesus comes too. They make their home with us. Do you believe that? Do I believe that? That God, the Holy Trinity, is at home in me and in you. We ought to be mind-boggled. We ought to tremble at that privilege as well as rejoice at it. You see, this isn't the general thing that most many people believe that, well, you know, God's everywhere. This isn't that. This is something far richer, far more wonderful, that God is making his home with you, with me. Imagine someone that you would love to meet uh, coming to your door today and knocking. I don't know, Michelle or Barack Obama, Prince William, Beyonce, Deli Alley, uh, Lewis Hamilton. I don't know who it would be for you. And they knock on your door and they say, I'd really like to spend some time with you. In fact, forget about social distancing. I'd like to move in uh, to your house for the rest of the lockdown and spend a quality time with you. That is what Almighty God does through the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit of God is with you and in you during lockdown and during life. Wherever you go, whatever you go through, all the highs, all the lows, the promotion at work, the joy of hopes and dreams, of love and laughter, the devastation of the diagnosis, all the pain and all the tears. God the Holy Trinity is with you. That is amazing and wonderful, isn't it? And won't that change our prayer lives? When you wake up in the morning, the doubt comes maybe, you know, oh gosh, you know, why would God listen to me? The doubt I had yesterday. But do you see, it's already decided. God lives in you, with you. You're loved by him. He's made his home with you, with me. We have the kind of relationship with him that he's close to us. We're in him. And so, of course, we talk to him. Of course, we pray to him about anything and about everything. The real God is Trinity. The real God makes his home with his people. What a privilege. Our response? His people will love him and live for him. I wonder whether you noticed uh, what Jesus said was needed for us to experience the work of his Holy Spirit. Verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commands and I will ask the Father. Verse 21, whoever has my commands and keeps them. Verse 23, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching and we will come. Now the disciples who first heard this were already following Jesus. Judas had already left the room. So here with Jesus were his people who belonged to him, which means this is not teaching us how to become God's people. John's Gospel has already made that clear. It's through faith in Jesus. 
But this is teaching us what faith in Jesus means, what it looks like, what it leads to in our lives. God calls us into a relationship where we share in the life of the Trinity. And in that relationship, in any relationship, we need to learn to listen. We need to learn, if we're listening to Almighty God, our Creator, the one we rightly worship, not just to listen and understand, but to follow, to take on board what he's saying, to obey him, particularly when we realise that his commands are all spoken out of love, out of desire for our ultimate good. And so we respond to his love by loving him, by seeking him to know him better, Seeking him for who he is, not some sort of power, not some sort of experience, but wanting to know him and live for him in our lives. That's the environment in which spiritual renewal takes place. So I'm not great with houseplants, but on my 21st birthday, a a kind friend gave me uh, the dragon tree in this picture. And they chose well. The card came with it that told me The dragon trees um, were um, quite hardy. They needed quite a dry environment. And um, that was a real mercy to me. They do need some water, but if you forget for a couple of weeks, uh, they don't just sort of die on you. (laughs) Plants need the right environment in which to grow. And they need watering and the right soil. And so it is that God's work in your life And in my life, the work of the Holy Spirit needs that right environment. What is the environment where God's reality will grow in your life and in my life? It's as we love Jesus, as we seek him for who he is, and as we listen to Jesus, as we follow and obey him in our lives. I'll often use a simple summary of the gospel when I'm preaching or when I'm talking to somebody one-to-one. I'll say something like, We've all done wrong. Uh, God should rightly punish us for that. But Jesus took the punishment in our place so that although I deserve hell, he's given me heaven as a wonderful gift. Now that is a, that's gloriously true, all of that. But that simple summary, the, the, the danger of it is it leaves quite a lot out. And what it especially leaves out is it leaves out... Um, The fact that there's so much more to say about God and who God is, about why it's so wrong to go against God, about how much he loves us, how committed he is to saving uh, men and women and boys and girls who put their faith in him. The gospel is so much more than a get out of hell free card. It is about God giving us his very self, pouring himself out for us and to us in love. And it changes everything to realise that, to realise how loved we are, to realise what it costs to save us. It means that to know God, where we realise it is the most precious thing we could possibly have in this life. And so if we already have it, then it's the thing that we prize the most. It's where we take our value, our identity, our everything. And we respond by working at the relationship, not to prove ourselves to God, not to try and sort of pay him back or something strange like that, but because of the extraordinary privilege of knowing him. So we'll seek him in prayer. 
The Holy Spirit will lead us and inspire us to do that. We'll want to know more of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, his presence with us. And so we'll pray for that. We'll search the scriptures. We want to listen to whatever it says here to discover more about who God is, how he works in our lives and in the world. We want to get to grips with it and read around and listen to stuff that will help us to get into this book. And we'll want to follow whatever God says, whatever Jesus says, wherever he leads us. Not just to know it in our heads, but to be living it in our lives. Amen.